as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! is episode 105 and i don't want to say it's a slow time right now in sea of thieves but this is kind of what i anticipated in season nine um you know there's this is a season of of cleanup and this is a season of um getting things uh squared away getting rare and and sea of thieves set up for the future right getting a lot of stuff taken care of that should have been taken care of a long time ago. Uh, so I didn't anticipate us getting a lot of flashy new, uh, things to do. Uh, I just anticipated uh, fixes cleanup and, and again, making the world more enjoyable, um, and more playable, uh, for more people, which makes it more alive, which in the end brings more content, more players playing, more events being done, more PVP potential, stealing potential, all that fun stuff. And that's what we're getting. So we're going to dive into the most recent patch notes. Uh, there's a couple uh, good highlights that I want to call out. Um, and with this new patch that just literally dropped, uh, we have the name of the um, New Golden Sands. It's no longer New Golden Sands. It has a name, and, uh, well, I have opinions on that. Um, we also have a few things that I want to, to call out from uh, my buddy Captain Logan's most recent Keelhaul podcast episode, because uh, we, we, we've got some beef now. We've got some beef that we need to, uh, we need to talk about. Uh, but first... Before we get into any of that, I want to take a moment and thank those who go above and beyond just listening and go above and beyond just watching on the YouTube. These folks actually throw their hard-earned cash at my face every single month to help Pirate Talk Radio continue. So I always want to take a moment to thank the glorious and notorious patrons of Pirate Talk Radio and my content. So Skamelt666, Lane and Regis Stella. Thank you. Thank you very much for your continued support of Pirate Talk Radio. I appreciate it very, very much. And if any of you would like to throw cash monies at my face because you love this show so much, I greatly appreciate it. And you can go over to patreon.com slash TV and check out all of the tiered options starting at $1. Um, and as they go up, you get different types of uh, rewards uh, that you get and loot as we go up in the tiers. All right. So let's get into the uh, first topic of discussion. New Golden Sands. That's what it has been called um, since... The battle for the Sea of Thieves, as I call it, or the battle for Golden Sands, where we got to make the decision as a community to destroy or save Golden Sands. Um, even though we did the wrong decision uh, and saved Golden Sands, it was the community's decision, uh, even though we didn't get very good data on the actual votes. But, you know, that's in the past. I'm trying to let the past go. Yeah. But um, 
It is now no longer New Golden Sands. It has a new name and the veil on the statue has been revealed. Now, in a previous in, in last week's episode, Logan and I talked about what our thoughts and what a good step forward would be for rare to make this very interesting and getting some more lore, getting some more storyline, getting some more information going about the sovereigns would be to make whoever is under that, that veil, uh, that statue, some sort of figure that's important to the sovereigns, some sort of uh, figure, maybe captain hook, uh, maybe their king, maybe whatever the case may be, something that is giving us a little bit of insight into the sovereigns. Because obviously, Golden Sands did not have the money or the resources to rebuild the way they did, to fortify the way they did um, that particular island town. It was 100% the backings of the sovereign. They helped build that town up, which again is advantageous for them because now they have a, a foothold and a stronghold and in all intents and purposes, a fortress colony uh, in order to further their business pursuits in the Sea of Thieves. But it is Merrick. Merrick. Merrick received the statue. It is now Port Merrick. Uh, and I can't tell you how frustrated I am with this. I don't think this was a good decision. I understand why this decision was made because Merrick was a leader. He was considered one of the heroes of sea of thieves. He is now, uh, passed on and is in the sea of the damned. Um, and he is part of the, uh, guardians of fortune, uh, fighting force. Uh, and, and one of the ones that's there when you get your curse, there could have been so many more interesting things they could have done. So many more um, fun things, lore things, mysterious things they could have done to this. But instead, in my opinion, this is a cop-out. Now, I know a lot of folks out there really like Merrick. I think he's a great character. I think he's a great character. I think he had his time in the light. I think he had his time in the story. He had a huge arc uh, with the Dark Brethren uh, in the adventures. He had his whole series of, of the arc when he was trying to save Golden Sands. The, 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 the shrouded ghost, he had his time in the sun. It is time to let Merrick go to bed and it's time to bring on the next interesting thing that will push sea of thieves story forward in the future. And I've talked about this before. Again, I, I had no issue with Pendragon. I thought Pendragon was a great character, but I think he had his time in the sun and it was time for him to go away. Merrick got more time in the sun, to be honest, than Pendragon did. But it was time for him to go away and usher in the next generation of storytelling in Sea of Thieves. Move forward. Same thing. I, I was not going to be upset if Flameheart was banished. Because, again, Flameheart has been around for a while. He is a stale villain. Let's let him ride off into the sunset. Let's get that storyline done with. And let's move on to something more interesting and more engaging. Yes, this is a tribute to Merrick. I understand that. I get it. Th the port name, the statue, it's all a tribute to the hero of Golden Sands. I get it. I understand. However, it's not intriguing. It's not interesting. It does not excite me at all because it's just like, okay, we're still looking in the past. We are living literally in the past. They could have put Captain Hook there. They could have put 
a a king there that we have no idea who it is. Just a guy there with a crown or a scepter or something where we're like, oh, who is this? And name it Port Something, which gets our mind going, which gets our interest peaked. Us, the, the lore hounds out there of who is that? Who is this person? And maybe start putting little um, um, taglines or voice lines into the sovereigns just to kind of start hinting at who this is, why this was done. Start hinting at some of that stuff, right? In my opinion, this is a stale decision. It is, it is a, it is a cop out decision. It is a stale decision, and it doesn't bring any interest. Gold, uh, New Golden Sands, Port Merrick is beautiful. They have designed that outpost or now colony, as I'm going to call it, beautifully. It has all the right. It has everything right. The cobblestone, the cobblestone walks, the building, the trading company halls, everything from the dry dock to the um, underground, like jail, the jail area where not the jail area. It's kind of like underground secret lair where the Reaper table is. They've designed this beautifully. They've made it really cool. But then they put the cherry on top, which in my mind could have done so much more for the story, intrigue and interest for us players and specifically the lore hounds. I just don't understand it. Aside from the fact, again, that we're we're paying homage to the leader uh, who helped rebuild Golden Sands, who helped defend Golden Sands. I get it. I understand but why would the sovereigns want one of the old pirate leaders to be there? Maybe it's trust. I know Logan talked last week on the episode that the sovereigns right now, why they don't make sense to me is they're trying to build trust. Okay. Okay. I could see that. And, and putting Merrick as putting Merrick as the leader or putting Merrick as the statue that builds trust. Okay. I understand. I get, I get that side, but there's so many more interesting things that could have been placed there. Um, as far as a statue, um, I, I really think this was a miss. Um, maybe not, I guess we'll find out as things progress, but I think there could have been a lot more excitement intrigue and interest um, if they would have taken a step in a different direction and not just went with Merrick. Merrick was an easy choice. Uh, Merrick was a very easy choice. Um, And I think the more difficult decision, the more difficult choice, the more creative choice uh, would have been the better choice here. Uh, But there's what that that is what it is. Uh, Port Merrick is now in the game. Um, It is now on your maps. And uh, the beloved hero, the man who is missing way too many limbs and has lost way too many ships as a captain, is now officially the centerpiece and the statue at Port Merrick. Um, a very interesting topic uh, that Captain Logan mentioned, and, and then we'll get to the beef. Uh, but a very interesting topic that Captain Logan mentioned on uh, his last episode. And if you're not following Captain Logan in the Keelhaul podcast, you really should. It's a very different style of podcast than I run, but he definitely uh, covers the news. Um, awesome. He's got a lot of great information and great interviews. So if you're not following Captain Logan in the Keelhaul podcast, make sure you do so. Uh, it's a great listen. I listen to it every week. And 
One of the items that Logan brought up was the partner program. And and I know, unfortunately, that, that Rare looks at YouTube and Twitch, and those are kind of your streaming platforms today. They don't really look at the artists. They don't really look at the, the, um, the, the craftsmen. They don't really look at the podcast folks. Um, as folks, man, it's only midday and I'm yawning. Uh, sorry. Uh, they don't really look at, um, different types of content. It's really streaming content or video content that they're really looking for in the partner program. But one of the interesting, um, tidbits of information that Logan mentioned was a lot of the partners are in a time zone that works best for rare. There are partners all over the world, right? But there's a lot in the UK, you know, Europe, there's some East Coast, uh, US, you know, there's some more. And then there's, you know, over in, in Australia and stuff like that. But in general, the, a lot of them focused in Europe, in the UK. And he mentioned that, you know, there's not really a way for these partners to connect to rare, to get involved with some of the, some of the, um, things that Rare does with the partners, unless they adjust their schedule and and work off Rare time. Now, Rare has done 24-hour streams, but I thought of something very interesting. And Rare is obviously a Microsoft company. And when I first got started in streaming, um, I streamed on Beam, which eventually became Mixer and is now since unfortunately shut down. And they did something very interesting uh, with their partner relationship team. They had partner relationship team members in every region that they had partners. So you had West Coast, Central Time, Mountain, Eastern, Canadian, um, South American, Europe, Australian, Asian. They had them stationed around the world and they worked remotely. And what their job was to do was manage the partners in their region. And I really liked the idea that Logan had of trying to have more representation um, for these partners and not just based off British time. I know that's where Rare is, but this is a global game. They have a global network of partners, and it would be nice to have maybe some relationship managers stationed in other places um, to allow these partners to have more of a voice, to shine, um, and not just base everything everything off British time, um, you know, so I, I was sitting here thinking that the partner program rare should probably look to what mixer did and maybe have a North American partner manager an Australia and Southeast Asia partner manager. It doesn't have to be as widespread as mixer was because you don't have as many partners that they're going to be managing, but at least that gives a better communication path than, Hey, I'm, I work, uh, when you all are asleep. So I'm going to type up this email or I'm going to type up this message. And it just so happens to get lost in the, in, in all the other email and all the other messages. And you could have meetings with those partner managers and then the partner managers could then have time where they meet with the, the main relationship managers at rare during the British time. Right. And then it puts the ownership more on the company rare and less on the partners to adjust their schedule. Right. 
In my mind, Rare should be the one adjusting and catering to the partners, not the the, the other way around. So I thought that was a very interesting note um, from Logan. And my suggestion would, of course, be uh, more regional uh, partnership managers uh, who then take that brunt of the, the, the time difference and then they can work with the home base at Rare um, and try to, you know, bring the voices, uh, bring the events more to their region and can kind of work on setting up more Pacific Standard Time um, um, events, Australian Standard Time events with the with the folks there when Rare's in bed, right? Well, while they're in bed. Now for the beef. My name wasn't mentioned, but I know, Logan, where you went with this. Logan brought up kegs, and in a recent live stream, I blew up mega kegs, including Athena kegs at a Fort of fortune because I'm sorry, the crew was wrong. Okay. The, the crew was wrong and you all deserved losing that money. You all deserved dying in that vault. Okay. As a PVP player who has tucked and stolen so many forts in my time, the first thing that you do is you keep your crew back away from the vault. One person opens the vault. That one person goes in, gets the biggest keg, walks out away from their team, opposite side from the ship, and you bury it or you put it in the trees. Then the next person goes in, gets the next biggest keg, comes out, goes away from the team and away from the ship and away from the other keg, buries it or places it in another bush. Kegs are always the first thing to come out. Why? Because when everyone runs to the vault to grab the loot, someone drops one blunderbomb, one firebomb, boom, the entire crew is dead. Furthermore, and, and probably your chest of legends or your fortune chest is gone. You do not leave kegs in play any way, shape, or form. If you're not going to blow them up, they should be taken out away from team members and a opposite side of the fort from the boat. And they should be the first thing out. Now that we have the ability to bury them, you should probably bury them and just leave them there for a trap for someone else. But if you want to actually sell them and make the money, can't blame you, put them in a bush <coughs> away from your ship. Because that way, when your lookout, the person on the harpoon, um, is looking out, they can always keep their eye on that bush. No one is going to keg your ship or blow up your team with the kegs if they are away from the vault, away from your boat, and you have eyes on them. That is the smart play. You do not ever leave kegs in the vault until the end. They should not be the last thing in there because here's, what's, here's what can happen. If the kegs are in there and you're just nonchalantly running in and out, grabbing loot in and out, it is so easy 
for someone to run in behind you or run out with you and you not notice that it's not a team member and now they have a keg in their hand and they can get to your ship because they just kind of blend in with the rest of the crew. Yes, their name color is different, but we all know there's graphical glitches in Sea of Thieves and sometimes you'll see your own crew members show up with white names, right? You're just seeing people running in and getting loot and running in and getting loot and if you're not very observant, you don't she sees ships on the horizon you're going to get your keg you're going to get your ship kegged or you're going to get your team kegged and then you're shit out of luck because then they have free reign on your ship kegs are always the first thing out and they are to be safely taken out one at a time away from the team and away from the ship it is just like kegs in the crow's nest don't do it if you do it you're dumb. You don't put kegs in the bottom deck. If you do it, you're dumb. You don't put kegs in the captain's quarters on the brig uh, uh, bed. You don't put kegs by the sloop map table. You don't do it. You don't do it. It's too easy to blow them up. Kegs go on the end of the bowsprit. Why? Still just as easy to blow them up, maybe slightly easier, but it does barely any damage to your ship. If you stack five Athena kegs on the front of your bowsprit on a sloop, you barely take any damage and your mass stays up. Athena kegs, the biggest booms in the game. You do it on a brig, barely any damage. You still have sails. You do it on a galleon, barely any damage. You still have sails. It does not disable your ship. It's the same thing when you're unloading them out of the vault. They are the first things out. You do it safely and you make sure they're opposite side of your boat and your, your harpoon person who's on the boat, your lookout can have eyes on the bush that you put them in so they can see if anyone runs up and grabs them. So just saying. All of you on that ship, including Captain Logan, who got angry at me because I wasted a whole bunch of money, it's your guys' fault for not taking safety and precaution. I just showed you what would happen. I showed you exactly what happens when you leave kegs in a vault. Y'all died, and I lived, and I could have taken it out on the ship, but it was my ship, okay? That is a prime example of why kegs always go out. It's one blunder bomb, one fire bomb, your crew's dead. Or a really good tucker slides in, grabs one, follows you out. You think they're part of your crew. Your boat has now been mega keg. I've done it enough to people. I know. So there's your answer. Kegs on the bowsprit. Kegs are the first thing out of the vault every time. Don't mess with me. I know what I'm doing. You learn. You learn. By doing, and I have blown up way too many ships because of what I just said. Too many ships I have sunk because they were not safe with their kegs. Too many crews that I have blown up inside the vault. Got to be smart. Got to be smart. And I'll take this. I put it in my notes. Battle with the keelhauled podcast. There you go. Battle with the Keelhauled podcast. We're going fisticuffs. By the way, round one, I won. Because, Logan, you all died in that vault. I didn't. I lived. 
because I know. Big brain play. All right, so um, with uh, Port Merrick, um, the patch notes come out. And there, there's a lot of patch notes. Again, if you are interested in the patch notes, you can always Google search Sea of Thieves release notes. It'll take you to the most recent one. Or you can go to seaofthieves.com slash release dash notes, and you can go through all of the release notes. It's a decent list of bug fixes and, and again, quality of life things that they worked on. Um, no real additions um, I, I didn't see in there, um, except uh, one, right? Let me just take a quick look. Yeah, one one addition that I really really like, and the rest were uh, were fixes. So, um, let's go through some of these. Let's start with the addition first. I think this was a great addition. Um, since I started playing Sea of Thieves, unless you read the release notes or unless you get into the game and just figure it out, there has not been a good way of identifying what is new in the Sea of Thieves. Now, they did start with the when you wake up from the table, you get the Bildrat notes, which t tells you, hey, go do this or go do that. But that's only with new content. It's not necessarily um, bug fixes, uh, quality of life changes, etc., now, it seems, and I haven't tested this, so I don't know exactly what it entails, but the patch note says, Lorena, when you interact with Lorena, Lorena will now tell players about new features um, from the most recent update. So, how I anticipate it is you'd go up and talk to L Lorena. You say, hey, what's new in the Sea of Thieves? And she gives you a couple bullet points on some of the new bug fixes or updates that have happened in the most recent patch. That's how I envision it happening. I, I haven't been in the game to see it since the patch just dropped. Uh, but that's how I envision it happening. We'll see once we, uh, we play the game next. But that was a really good thing to see that I'm glad that Rare is taking the time to identify ways knowing that players are going to be coming back into the game, knowing that players probably in general, the average player does not read the patch notes and Lorena is always there barking at you. Hey, come here. I've got something to tell you, you know, and now they have the ability in game, which I am a huge advocate of making sure everything is in game as much as possible for players to walk up to Lorena and identify some things that have happened recently in the patch notes and in updates. I think that is that is great and outstanding and find out recent things that have happened in the Sea of Thieves because again, I don't always have a chance to go. I don't go through and study the patch notes word for word, top to bottom. There's always too many. I skim them and I find the things that I find are very interesting, either in a good way or a very bad way, which will talk about one of those um but i think this is great and i hope that's how it's executed we'll find out once i get into the game um and so one of the issues uh that they had with uh season nine launching <clears throat> i'm not sure if anyone noticed this um i know i was told about it and then i realized it and i was annoyed um when you harpoon loot the fast harpoon loot onto your ship uh, the loot didn't always count for your emissary value. So you had to go old school, pick the loot up, drop it, you know, harpoon it all on, pick the loot up and drop it, pick it up and drop it, pick it up and drop it. Um, points. If you put in the comment section or uh, DM me what I was referencing there, pick it up and drop it, pick it up and drop it. I'm not good at the song, but if you know, you know. So they have now fixed that. Where any of the harpooned loot 
um, is now going to give you proper emissary grade. So that's a good win. That's a good win. Um, I actually noticed this myself and, and died laughing. I was like, what the hell is this? So with season nine, when you dock your rowboat um, at the Sovereign and you have loot in it and you undock the rowboat, the loot stays floating in the air. It doesn't attach to the rowboat. It, it basically like, oh, I'm supposed to be on the dock, but there's no dock here. You know, it's just floating there where it was. Um, which is really annoying. And, and when you're picking it up and dropping it, pick it up and drop it. Uh, when you're picking up and dropping it, then it kind of disappears and you got to go find it. It's usually under the dock. Um, that has now been fixed. So the loot will follow with the rowboat. Um, it will not just stay floating in the air. So, um, uh, that, that again, another good fix. Um, another thing that I, I think, um, uh, some of the changes that they've made, um, uh, again, have, it's a domino effect. You make changes, it causes other issues. That's what QA is supposed to be looking at, but not everything obviously ever gets caught rare. Um, nothing will ever always get caught, but some of these bigger things I think should have been caught. So uh, floating loop from rowboats at the Sovereign Dock now been fixed. This was a very interesting one, and I can see why this was addressed. I'm surprised it took this long to address, but my guess is something in the analytics pointed rare to seeing it was being exploited. So if you join a hourglass battle, if you join the PvP on demand, um, and you join it as a solo slooper, if you have a friend then join you after the battle has begun... It's not like your friend can get on your ship and it's a 2v1. That's obviously not fair. Uh, it was it was designed to make sure it's fair all the way through. So your friend can join your crew, but is it remains in the Sea of the Damned. Um, they remain on the ferry until the battle is over. However, a patch note states that players joining after an hourglass battle has started and held on the ferry of the damned will no longer get allegiance. So that, that to me is a very exploitable thing, right? You have a buddy of yours that is really good at PVP, really good solo slooper, you know, goes in, gets the battle going, dominates, you sit on the ferry and you get the allegiance at the end, which means you put in no work, but you get all the reward. It's a very piratey thing to do, but also a very cheaty, cheaty and exploity, exploity thing to do. So my guess is Rare probably saw a spike somewhere, dug into it and found that this issue was causing people um, uh, to get allegiance that don't deserve it. Um, and that has now been resolved. Um, another item that has been resolved, or I shouldn't say has been resolved because of a very critical word, and I don't know if you all caught it, saved a ship cosmetics um, <laughs> where you have your ship all kitted out and then you log in and your ship, your captain ship is cleared and you have to pay thousands of gold to re-kit it out just for it to be lost again. I know Logan uh, has basically left his ship bare bones until they fixed it. Logan, don't fix, don't, don't equip your ship because you probably should reroute this line. It said, uh, saved ship cosmetics. <clears throat> the chances that your ship cosmetics will fall off have been greatly reduced, which means it hasn't been fixed 
They just implemented some bug fixing in there to make it better. It is not 100% fixed, which means your cosmetics can still fall off. So the word reduced chance in there, those words are critical in this patch note. It sounds really good. It sounds like they fixed it, but no, the, the, the words are reduced chance. So there is still a chance that your ship cosmetics uh, can fall off. Um, so, so again, reading is very, very important. Very, very, very important. I'm trying to, um, exactly find, um, where that, uh, was, was listed because I about died laughing when I read it. Um, accessibility, user interface environment. Um, there we go. Further improvements made to saving ship cosmetics, reducing scenarios, reducing scenarios where captains saving a livery, decoration, or trinket would result in their chosen cosmetics not presenting between sessions. Reducing scenarios, which means it's still there. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Don't get pissed off if you pay to have your ship re-equipped and your stuff's not there when you log back in next time because it's not fixed. It's not fixed. But one thing that is fixed and something that I will say is fixed again because they can't ever seem to keep it fixing, you can now no longer aim down sights in the water while approaching a ladder. Hold the aim down sights down, grab the ladder, and silent board. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Silent boarding is gone. You are now no longer able to muffle your board by using ADS as you approach the ladder. Thank God. Silent boarding is by far one of the most frustrating bugs slash exploits that this game has had and has been plagued with multiple times. They fix it and then it breaks and they fix it, then it breaks and then it fix it and then it breaks just like many other things uh, in sea of thieves. But it is now for the time being probably till the next update, it has been fixed. So enjoy the ability to hear someone who is boarding your ship and make sure you get your blunderbuss and or sword ready and get them off your boat. This fix I think excites me more. This fix, in, in fact, I think turns me on a little bit. Just FYI. This is something that I have cursed at, been pissed off at on stream. Anyone who's watched my stream and this happens, I get so irritated because it is very frustrating, and that is ADSing. So when sometimes when you ADS, especially when you're like, because I get fidgety, so sometimes I'll just sit there and click the ADS button so my gun's like, I like the sound. Sometimes if you're doing it too quickly, your scope will, your gun will go back in like the, the re, like not aiming, but like back to your side, but you'll still be looking out the scope on your, your thing and it'll be stuck there. And you've got to like switch your guns, open your inventory, control, alt, delete, all F4, you know, stand up, uh, do the chicken dance and, and turn around and sit back down and your scope might be gone at that point. Um, but it has now been fixed. So when, uh, when rapidly doing actions such as aiming down sights while jumping, sprinting, basically when you're putting a whole bunch of key inputs into the game at the same time, along with ADSing, they have fixed it so your scope does not remain stuck on your screen. Now, um, on the Discord, of course, you can come on over to the Game Legion Discord and we can talk about uh, Pirate Talk Radio and Sea of Thieves anytime you want. 
Um, one of our great friends, Blade X Life, circled this particular patch note. Um, players shooting, sprinting, and aiming in quick succession with the eye of reach should no longer encounter rare scenarios where the weapon animation becomes stuck and prevents aiming down sights. So, Blade mentions rare has confirmed quick swapping uh, while double gunning is a feature, not an exploit. So, I disagree. Um, and again, I have to get in the game and test this, but I don't see anywhere in there where uh, quick swapping was mentioned. It's talking about aiming down sights specifically with the eye of reach. It's not talking about quick, uh, quick, uh, quick swapping. You can quick swap with a flintlock. You can quick swap with a blunderbuss. You don't just have to use eye of reach for quick swapping. It just happens to be the most popular double gun, um, uh, secondary gun along with the, the blunderbuss when you're doing double gunning. I think this is specifically targeting when you're when your scope gets stuck, right? And then your scope is always on there, right? So preventing you from aiming down sights. Well, yeah, because it's you're already aiming down sights, but your gun is not actually up there. Happens all the time when you're putting inputs in in quick succession, which does happen during quick 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 swapping. I don't believe that this has anything to do with quick swapping whatsoever. I think this was a bigger problem uh, because, again, I don't quick swap. I am too old and my fingers do not work that way. Um, so, but, but if I'm quickly inputting things, my eye of reach will get stuck on the, the, the zoom in um, on the ADS. So I don't believe this has anything to do with quick swapping. Um, I don't think rare is going to take any action with quick swapping, by the way, uh, just, I don't think they will. Uh, I think quick swapping is a hundred percent still an exploit. It was an unintended, um, um, thing just like, uh, sword dashing, right? Sword dashing in the very beginning where you could sword lunge and, and glide across the water quickly, which is something we all use today. That was a bug. That was an exploit in the very beginning. And it has now been something that has just been, Hey, this is a feature now. It's not an exploit. It's not a bug. Everyone can do it if you practice. It's it's a feature we like, and it, and we feel that everyone uses it enough to enhance the game. Um, quick scoping or quick uh, uh, quick swap, I don't like because I can't do it. Uh, but it's a skill issue. It is a hundred percent a skill issue. I am not good enough uh, to be able to quick swap, but that doesn't mean that other players shouldn't be able to, right? Just because I can't do something does not mean the other better players than me should be brought down to my level. Do I think that quick swapping was originally intended for the game? No. Do I think it's a bug that has now been exploited? Yes. But it adds a skill barrier into the game that in general this game is relatively even on. But it's just like um, uh, loot uh, swimming, right? That is a skill um, item. It's just like, um, ladder juking. That is a skill-based thing. Um, you know, these are skill-based things and I don't think that rare is going to take any action in it because does it give a competitive advantage? Yes, but it also requires practice and skill in order to execute, which at this point, I believe that rare is 100% okay with. And quite frankly, I'm hundred percent okay with it as well. Um, because if I'm a, if I'm, my size. And I'm like, I'm going to do a 5k. And this professional runner shows up next to me who's been practicing and training their entire life to be a runner. And I'm like, um, he needs to walk 
Actually, no, he needs to crawl on his hands and knees uh, so I can be even with him. That's not fair. It's a skill issue, right? If I spent the time and had the, had the, you know, abilities in my hands to do that stuff, I could learn how to do it. I could learn how to do it. I don't have the time, nor do I have the, the dexterity in my hands anymore in order to execute it. I don't think it needs changed. But based on this particular patch note, I believe this is discussing just the um, ADS being stuck up um, and, and not necessarily anything uh, to do with quick swapping. Um, but that's it. That's the patch notes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there are more patch notes. You can obviously go over to seaofthieves.com slash release dash notes and check out all the other patch notes. There's quite a few other ones. Um, little things like things in the tall tale, audio glitches, um, falling through the world issues and things like that. But in general, I think those were the highlights, um, which again, I think they're great. I think there's things that, again, were undercooked or maybe they didn't get done in time, like fixing the saved ship cosmetics. It's better, but it's not 100% fixed. But they definitely had some really good fixes in this particular um, in this particular update, and I'm anxious to get into the game. Uh, hopefully, this weekend, I am back um, from Extra Life United in Orlando. Um, although I won't be streaming a lot in the next couple weeks, I am going to get some streams in, um, twitch.tv slash Davram. If you want to come check it out, um, I will be getting some streams in, but I won't be getting, um, as many streams in as normal just because I am prepping for a volunteer, um, event, uh, at the beginning of May. Uh, and I have three weekends to get a full concert teched and designed, uh, so it's a lot of work, um, but we're definitely still going to get some streams in and pirate talk radio will still be coming out to you. Um, but aside from that guys, it's a short episode today. Um, so you're welcome. I didn't assault your ears for too long. Um, but, but yeah, I'm anxious to see where the game goes. Um, obviously we have many, many more weeks of, uh, of season nine left. So get out there, get your, get your emissary rewards done. Plenty of time to do ledgers. Uh, you know, there's a, it's a great game. The game is in a great place right now, and it's just getting better. I'm anxious to see what they decide to do at uh, the Xbox Showcase um, because I feel like, as we talked last week, I feel like it's going to be a big announcement. I think it's going to be a Pirate's Life level announcement um, at the Xbox uh, Showcase. I think that's why a lot of the stuff has been put on hold, um, and they're really like buckled down and cleaning whatever they're working on up so it is ready for release. Because it's going to be season nine right at the end. There's going to be an Xbox showcase. Boom. Next week, season 10. And I think we're going to be off to the races in something new. I also wanted to let you all know, I have been reading Heart of Fire uh, going down to Orlando for Extra Life United. Gave me a lot of time to read Heart of Fire. Uh, I am about a fourth of the way through the book. Um, my hope is to get more of the book read over the next week or so uh, and kind of talk about Heart of Fire. I'm enjoying it very much. It's filling in a lot of the gaps uh, that the game doesn't have. Um, I know some people were disappointed in Heart of Fire as far as, um, you know, it was supposed to be about flame heart or this. I personally think it's really good and I'm anxious to read more of it um, and get to the end and give you my opinion. So uh, just so you all know, if you haven't read heart of fire, the newest novel from Chris Alcott about sea of thieves, um, then make sure you pick it up. 
uh, because I'm going to be talking about it and there's going to be spoilers. But you've had a couple months now, so I hope you all read it. But guys, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other and make sure you get the kegs out of the vault first because that is the right way to do things. See you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.